Hey, kids, welcome to the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. This will be hitting on the weekend of 5-29-21, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, parties, barbecue, food, big news for the weekend edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. We are now available Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. We decided in the best interest of reaching out to as many of you as we could. Since nobody watch, <laughs> listens to this. Nobody had the balls to go out and set up a Spotify account, which takes two minutes. So obviously you don't care about the music we play. We decided we'll still review music, but you will not get the music segments anymore that keep us from being on all those other hosting sites. That being said, we're going to start off with music. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> the irony. Big news for the maestro this week. Massive big news. The Conquistador will obviously concur. Maybe. Night Ranger is coming out yes! with a new album. The Ranger is back. One of the most prolific bands from the 80s is still rocking out. The new album will be out August the 6th. The first single is on YouTube and Spotify. It is called Breakout. It is awesome. The guitar is unbelievable. It is the typical dual attack that you would expect from Night Ranger. Gotta love it. I love the title of the album, too. You'll sit there and you'll wonder, A-T-B-P-O is the name of the new album. Maestro, what the hell does that mean? Maestro, what the hell does that have anything to do with? You know what it means? Because they recorded it under the COVID situation. <laughs> and the band played on. And yes, they did. Very cool. Very cool. And Breakout is awesome. Breakout is fantastic. They I were the only concert at the tail end of last year that we actually got to see thank god for the amish local little venue was about what quarter full yeah they had yeah. everybody spaced out and never have i seen a band more enthused to be on stage no they, they always put on a great show and unfortunately it doesn't look like we'll be able to see them on this tour because i checked the itinerary and i think we have another engagement that particular day ah there we go but it does happen for mrs c and the conquistador and i because we go see so many concerts there are conflicts they they do they, pop yeah, up they do happen so especially when you have to buy tickets a damn far in advance <laughs> and after COVID hit everything got delayed but we'll see them again you know that's gonna happen We've seen them a bunch of times, and we will see them a few more times before if you get the chance, it's all said and done. If you get the chance, check them out. They yeah, put on a hell of a show. Don't pigeonhole them as an 80s legacy band. They are still putting out new music, putting out new music more than almost anybody else. I would say maybe Springsteen puts out more new music than them, but Night Ranger's probably second. Seriously. 
check them out. It's well worth it. All right. There might be a new super group forming. Ooh, we like super groups. The L.A. Rats. Nikki Six, John Five, and Rob Zombie. Wow. Have put out a song. They hint that there might be more to come. We've heard this before. Yeah, we've been disappointed many times through the years. Sometimes there is an album or two. Sometimes you get one song and that's it. Collaboration can fall apart. You never know. Uh, And this is the 25th anniversary again. If we were playing music, as we are not, because we want to reach out to you in all the formats we possibly can. Normally, we would probably play a song off of Soundgarden's Down on the Upside because May the 21st was the 25th anniversary of the release of that album. God, it's been that long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first breakup after that one. And they came back together. And then, of course, Chris Cornell died. So I am a big Soundgarden fan. And. I thought Down on the Upside was vastly underrated, but when that came out, that was kind of when physical album sales, Started CD to... sales were plummeting. Yeah. So they got caught up in that, and I think that's part of the reason why they, they bailed. But then, of course, Chris Cornell went into Audio Slave, who were freaking awesome. It's amazing how you can take a piece of crap band like Rage Against a Machine. <laughs> <laughs> And insert some talent. Yeah, and then you get a great band, (laughs) an awesome band. Now, I do have a a quick review, music review. The Counting Crows put out uh, Butter Miracle Sweet One this past Friday, an EP, four songs, promising to put out Sweet Two and a full album later. Uh, I know you're not the biggest fan, Conquistador, of the Cannon Crows, but... I enjoy their music. I love this. I love the four songs that they put out. Um, two of them are about life on the road as a rock band. Could the, be. One of the two that the, they, they claim to be about touring sounds a lot like a, a Bruce Springsteen song to me. I mean, just really sounds like the boss. Um, but overall it's counting crows. It's good counting crows, three and a half frenzies. Very well, it's only four songs. So still, there's not that much room to screw up. This is true. You take the four best that you have. Yeah. But yeah, just, we'll see what happens when they come out with the second part of this album. Yeah. So, but for the, the first four songs, loving it. Three and a half frenzies. Um, and again, we're not doing music on our breaks anymore, so no Soundgarden, no Counting Crows. I just want to bring up real quick, there was another release from the upcoming Mammoth WVH album. <laughs> Wolfie is just doing everything he can. Get the music out there. He has released basically half the new album already. Yeah. And I have talked about with the Conquistador in the this past. This is good stuff that he's putting out there, yeah, kids. Yeah. Uh, out of the six songs he's put out, five of them are fantastic. One, think it over, I kind of have a problem with. But, it's, it's mediocre. But, but the others, the 
the kid knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. This is very promising. I'm hoping they get out on tour. Yep. Love to see they them. They do. We will 20 be 20 Monroe would be a great place to see Mammoth WVH. Yes. Yeah, that would be a phenomenal setting for them. Uh, David, I think you have a book I review for us. I have a book review for us. Stephen Hunter, whose first big hit, I Sniper, started the Bob Lee Swagger Sniper Series. And this, of course, has been a movie. It's been a series on USA. Steps away from his typical and goes with a World War II tale in Basil's War. Basil is your British uh, black sheep of the family who is all about the party, all about betting whichever actress he can, but yet he's one of Britain's greatest spies behind enemy lines in German territory. It was entertaining. This, this one bounces back and forth a little bit from the briefings to the actual mission and revealing a secret spy that the Germans have in Britain. So it, it's kind of an intriguing way he sets this up with learning what he's supposed to be looking for and what he's actually doing and going about it. And on the German side, them trying to find him based on the, the secret spies information. So hell of a read. It was good. It's quick. It's short. You'll enjoy it. It's a nice change of pace going back to the old days of the World War II allies versus Axis instead of all the terrorist stuff you have nowadays. So I give it a, a solid three frenzies. Very good. Very good. Now, we're going to take a break. Forgive me for not being used to this, but... This will be a promo break, not a music, no music. break. <laughs> no interludes. Again, so we can put this out to everybody all over the place, including Apple and Google and Breaker and all you other great podcast hosts who have taken us on over the last couple months. We'll be right back with a ton of television and movie reviews. So yep. stay tuned, kids. Lots of news coming. Stuck in a no-win situation? Wife being held captive while your feet bleed? Take a second to decompress. Pull out your smartphone and listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And don't forget to check out their Facebook page. The Maestro and the Conquistador will take your mind off your dire predicament and give you the best non-PC sports commentary you'll find anywhere. And once you compose your exit strategy and take down some German terrorists, you'll want to yell, yippee Kai Sports Frenzy 2.0!
Hey everybody in podcast land, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Welcome to the weekend edition, which is available all over podcast land. Google, Spotify, Apple, everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Hopefully, we will become one of your favorites. Please rate us wherever you do listen to us. We have gotten movie reviews for you this week. Of course, Every week now, the Conquistador and I have agreed to review at least one movie together. Yep. Separate yet together. And this week, we chose to do The New Mutants. Which is the final movie that Fox did before the rat bought them out. Yep. And this is, what was it? Did they say the 13th? Film in the X-Men Yes, technically the 13th series. film in the X-Men series. Yes. So what did you think, Dave? Why did I waste my time? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. It had great potential. I liked the premise of where it was going. I should have known better by the director who did The Fault in Our Stars. It went way too PC sappy <laughs> crap. The character interaction was almost too damn predictable. Uh, it, it felt almost like a made for TV movie almost. And I watched this with my oldest who thoroughly loved all of the X-Men films and he felt the same way I did that it just did not live up that we felt this was probably one of the weakest Marvel associated films special effects were fantastic absolutely love that part of it but I just did not it didn't do anything for me I'm going one and a half frenzies on it yeah I knew that was coming I had a feeling that is the uh, the majority view on it, seems to be that. And, of course, this movie was delayed for two and a half years. And they couldn't have come up with a better cut? Well, they <laughs> did. They actually tried to. They, they, they It was originally supposed to be out, I think, in 2019, 2018. And, yeah, they, they tried to recut it and tried to redo it. I am going to give you a little background. I actually had the original New Mutants comic book. Okay. 1983 was when they got their own standalone series. Chris Claremont, the genius behind the X-Men, the resurrection of the X-Men, when they it was Wolverine and Cyclops and Storm, the ones we all know now, not the originals back in the 60s. Right. I thought they did a really damn good job. I really did. They brought in four of the original five New Mutants. The problem is they didn't try to bring in people like you to understand this was part of the X-Men universe. Besides the token references to my superior, which didn't even turn out to be Professor X. 
it, it, it left a lot on the table. The only reference they really made to the original New Mutants outside of the characters was when Sam was trying to, at the beginning of the movie, test his abilities, and he chained himself to that yeah. big hunk of Grant. And, and Rain said he, he thrashes around like a cannonball. That was his name in the New Mutants in the early 80s. Cannonball. Yeah. But now... I like the powers, but yeah. just the, the I story understand. I do. I understand. So I completely flat. understand. Um, now, Roberto was an original. He was Sunspot. Rain was Wolvesbane. Um, and Danny was... She, to me, was always a weak link in the new mutants but of course in this movie she turns out to be the one that the linchpin yeah that causes everything and then magic aka iliana comes in a little bit later but see to me it was all pretty true so i'm gonna probably give it a better review than than most people would i would give it a three frenzies now i will rip apart certain parts of it here you go I do not understand the whole smiley face crap. That was one of the issues I had with it. I do not know. And I did not want to sit there for an hour on Google trying or to Wikipedia trying to figure that out. I do not remember where that comes from. Now, Lockheed might have looked stupid to somebody who doesn't understand the history, the puppet that she had. Oh, I had no problem with that. Lockheed is actually a reference back to the X-Men, which is very cool. Very cool. Um, and But I can understand how it would look stupid to somebody. See, now I... With I, her having a puppet. I did not have a problem with her having the puppet. Right. Because I figured, all right, it's her way of coping with whatever. And then the way it developed through, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. I did not mind that part. It's just... For this, trying to introduce them, it just fell flat. Right, right. It did not, it, it was trying to be dark, and I'd read stories about how the, he was trying to make it into a horror movie, more so than a superhero movie. Um, and that's but, kind of where I had an issue as well. Okay. And I can understand it. I will give it more of a benefit of the doubt than most would. So I'm going to give it three frenzies. With you having read it, I can see where you would do that. But yeah. just coming into it, it's not the typical introduction to your superheroes right. where right. you get the full flavor. Right. Right. And I get that completely. I do. I do. This is, to me, is more of a hardcore comic book. Geek out. Yeah. If you don't really 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 know the comic books i can see where this could be frustrating to watch and i think i do think that's what the director was trying to do is he's trying to make a throw a bone to your hardcore fans well at the same time i think he's trying to to play the both sides of the fence he wanted to make a horror movie that would dra- that would draw in other people but at the same time, keep the hardcore comic book geeks satisfied. And I think he failed on the one side. Yeah. 
But I think if you really look at it, the comic book people shouldn't be pissed off. They should be pretty happy with this. Okay. I, I, I will I will give you that. But I can completely understand you're being frustrated with it. So good to have disagreements once in a while. Always good. Um, some more movie news. Big news today. Big, monstrous movie news. Amazon bought MGM for $8.45 billion. Good God, how much money do they freaking have? That is... Well, that gives them all control over the James Bond catalog and the Rocky catalog. True. Now, the rumors immediately started circulating. What is this going to do for the, the next James Bond movie? Amazon insists they will release it in theaters. It will not be a Amazon Prime. They can't do that to the people. Well, they could. What happens after that, though? Yeah, then all bets are off. And what what can they do with the Bond universe? Oh, Lord, help us. The Rocky universe. You know, we could, out of the Bond universe, get a Felix... Lightner, Felix Lighter, Felix Lighter. Yeah. We could get Pennyworth. That. that could be intriguing. Oh, Money so, Penny. I'm sorry. Money, money Penny. penny. Money I'm sorry. Penny. I'm getting mixed You're up getting with, with Epic Batman. and Batman. Yes. Pennyworth. No, Money Mon- Penny. Many, money Penny could be an intriguing. <laughs> Her dealings with all the double O agents. That, yeah, that could be really cool. And is she an agent in some regard herself? I hope I hope they scrap the plans they had originally for what they the rumors were they were gonna do. Yeah. After I know. No time to die. Because if they follow through on that, and that's the sad thing, is I think Amazon probably loves it. Yeah, and that could be the death of the franchise. Yes. Because if you wanna go where they wanna go, start a new series. Doesn't have to be 007. You can change the name. You can change the number. And everyone is happy. Well, depends on if the movie's great or sucks. But yeah. Yeah. But at least you're not tarnishing the legacy. Yeah. One of the greatest movie legacies ever. Like you've tarnished countless TV and movie legacies over the last 30 years in the name of political correctness. All right, a couple trailers that hit this week. Marvel's Eternals. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's the gods bringing upon their knowledge to the idiots. They're interfering in history is what... The what implication is. is in the trailer. Yeah. They've decided to step into history where they've been sitting back and watching. Yeah. I will see. It, it didn't give me great. The cast hope. does not impress me. No, no, not at all. And uh, the, the trailer, I've watched it a couple times. I kind of like the humor at the ending, but other than that, oh, just the... looks like it's going to be. A train wreck. It does. It 
It it does it just does no, not. No, I, look I like good. where they're sitting around a table, and the guy goes, "Oh, I could lead the Avengers." Yeah, because they say, "Yeah, Iron Man and Steve Rogers are gone." Yeah, yeah. who's going to lead the Avengers? Right, I could. Yeah, again, <laughs> my my thing is with Marvel. At least until Disney got a hold of them. I've had faith in them. They they made the Guardians of the Galaxy great. I watched the end of that last night. <laughs> I I mean literally busting a gut watching the the end with Groot <laughs> dancing <laughs> and Drax Dave Bautista sitting there sharpening his knife, looking, trying to find him, catch him dancing. I mean, just that it's, it was minute brilliant. long sequence is brilliant. So I'm hoping against hope that Marvel will be able to recapture that magic in a bottle. But I don't know. This trailer does not give me the same hope I had after seeing the sneak peeks of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Now, on the horror realm, I loved, loved, loved the first Escape Club. Or Escape Room. Escape Club. What am I? Wild 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 West. West. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing music anymore, Kev. No, Escape Room. The first Escape Room was phenomenal. I've watched it at least five times, as I told the Conquistador, trying to get him to watch it. I have been been so put off horror movies over the last... But Half this is not gory. Years. This is not gory. This yeah, is intense. They have been this so is suspenseful. Done. I know. This is not. Escape Room is well done. And I, I yeah, have that's seen... what people told me about the witch too. Well, that... I didn't. I didn't get suckered into watching the witch. Oh. But I had to turn off the trailer for Escape Room Tournament of Champions, is what the official title is. And I will not say anything more than that's a fitting title for the movie. But because it's a series of escape rooms, obviously, that you have to get through. Anybody who's watched the first one knows this. Do not watch the trailer. What I saw looked phenomenal. Do not watch the trailer because they will already tell you everything about the first escape room. So the first half an hour is pretty much ruined. By the trailer. And of course, our friend, Aaron the Big Easy, the other night, told us he does not like to watch trailers because they of that. Too much and away. you and I both said, well, the, usually the first ones are okay. The the teasers, nope. nope. And what do they do? They come right out of the gate and screw me. They F you with the teaser. <laughs> so, do not watch the teaser trailer. Do not watch any of the tr- the teaser trailers, Escape Room Tournament of Champions looks phenomenal. I will be seeing it. Dave, I have some HBO Max news for you. Oh, God, now what? No, you might like uh, good and bad. Good and bad. Uh, let's put it that way. Okay. The sequel to Evil Dead is coming to HBO Max. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise nice. is currently in pre-production. They've already cast it. So getting they're ready. bringing the Necronomicon back. Ash will not be in this. No well, Bruce then, Campbell. F it. 
Yeah, it's about a, a couple of estranged sisters who happen to meet oh, in the city. Of course it is. So this is not in the cabin in the woods. This is in a big city setting. So Do we get the Necronomicon? I would assume at least we get that. And they better damn well go to S-Mart. <laughs> yeah, but good Lord, without Bruce Campbell, is it really the evil dead? No, no, it's not. That's the thing that bothers me about this is now Sam Raimi, every, he's bringing everybody back from behind the scenes from the original evil dead. So I've got to believe some semblance of hope for it. There is legitimacy. There yes. is legitimacy here. At least here, there's but... legitimacy with it. We'll see what happens. Okay, I think I have to turn this over now to Uncle Dave. I think Uncle Dave has story time for you kids. We do have Uncle Dave's story time. So, going out to dinner yesterday, youngest boys talking about, yeah, it's it's finals week coming up here and the next couple days for him. And he said, tomorrow, on, uh, as we tape on Wednesday, the 26th, Thursday, the 27th, he's got his construction CTE final. And on Friday, the 28th, the teacher said, well, since we got the final out of the way, we'll kind of take it easy and it's construction related, so we're going to watch The Money Pit with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Yeah, it, it's it's the construction movie, the home renovation project from hell. It's hysterical. It's, it's well worth going back into the banks. So the boys are talking about it, my oldest and my youngest, and yeah, it was pretty funny, but of course, they always have to go back to their favorite Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs. <laughs> so, so the lesson there, kids, is... Tom Hanks comedies are the best. Of course. Which one will we always defer to? Oh, we'll always go back to chicks and guns, guns and, and fire trucks! Bachelor party with the late, great, Tawny Katane. And we should probably devote all of 2021 to Tony Katane. Yeah. So. Between White Snake videos and Bachelor Party. Yep. Unfortunately, she wasn't in Volunteers either. <sighs> Another one. That's one I have to watch. I still have not watched Volunteers. Oh, John Candy. <laughs> there are a lot of movies. We've got time here, so I'm going to let Dave rip me to shreds as we had a couple minutes before we go to our TV streaming segment. I have not watched The Man with One Red Shoe. You're not missing much with that one. Um, I'm trying to think here. Okay, Volunteers I've watched. I did watch. See, I'm not as big a fan of The Burbs as everybody else. I like it, don't love it. Um, the Money Pit, same thing. But I do agree with your story. That's a great movie for kids to watch. For home reno projects. <laughs> Anybody who owns oh a house God. knows that basically 95% of the time it is a money pit. Yeah. Once you start on a project, 
you pull that thread and it continues <laughs> to unravel in the Great. worst possible way. Great analogy. Great analogy. <laughs> yes. So, but that being said, I love Tom Hanks. I do. You know, he's got the rom-com crap with Meg <sighs> Ryan. Now, Joe versus the Volcano. All right, that is a whole different ball game. Brain cloud. Brain cloud. <laughs> but, but you've got come on. you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle. Those I can do just without. go bye bye. Joe Vol- versus the volcano is the most underrated. Yes, yes, and it, it's romantic yet it's smart and funny. We're taking and this. it's a little subversive too. It is <laughs> taking this luggage with us wherever we go. <laughs> so there's my little mini rant. On Tom Cruise, so kids. Tom Hanks. Let's see, Tom. So you got me all messed up because I know you hate Tom Cruise. We were talking about him recently. Yeah. So there you go, kids. Sorry, Tom Hanks. All right, we'll be right back with our TV and streaming reviews for the week. Hang on. When your day of dealing with international intrigue is over, and you've settled down in your Aston Martin. Call up Sports Frenzy 2.0 on your phone or smart car stereo. Every Thursday, Kevin Dave will take your mind off the megalomaniac who just had a laser pointed at your genitals with the best sports criticism around. And don't forget to listen to the weekend edition every Saturday so you can plan out your entertainment options with the femme fatale of your choice. Grab a martini, shaken, not stirred, and check out Frenzy, Sports Frenzy 2.0. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We're going to wrap up the weekend edition. This is going to hit on May the 29th. 2021 Memorial Day weekend. And remember now, we have gotten rid of all of our music. We'll we'll still review it. We'll still talk about it. But in order to get this out to Apple and Google, Pocket Cast, and all those other great hosts that we have normally on our regular Sports Frenzy podcast show, we have gotten rid of that so you can listen to this each and every week. Yep. We know what a hassle it was for you to try and create a Spotify account, you lazy bastards. <laughs> you didn't have to pay for it. We're, we weren't asking you to get premium. We but... tried to give you some music, but if you don't want it, now you just get the ranting and railing you come to expect. That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself, Conquistador. So... We're going to wrap up here with the TV and streaming segment of the weekend edition. Then we'll get you to the moments of silence and, of course, the 180 to get you to the Red Foreman dumbasses of the week. But first, I have not one, not two, but three TV reviews for you this week. And then we'll get some TV streaming news in for you, and we will talk about our favorite TV show coming back this week. Yep. And give you a little bit of a you champs will like this a one. mini review of the first two episodes that hit last night. So and I have a series finale for you too, kids. First up, 
I have tried to recommend this show to the Conquistador, but I did, did tell him I did not like the way it turned at the end of the first season. And now I have a review of the second season. This is Breeders on FX with Martin Freeman, who I love. Great actor. Of course, he was Watson on the fantastic Sherlock PBS miniseries slash, you know, just standalone show. Yeah. I wish they could get them back together, him and Benedict Cumberbatch, to do some more, but... Their schedules are all over the damn yeah, place. Yeah, Cumberbatch especially is probably too big now to come back and do it. But if you have never watched Sherlock, <laughs> oh, you've got to check it out. Yeah, they fantastic. are phenomenal. So Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard play. Um, initially, they play live-in man and woman, and then eventually they get married. So now they're husband and wife with two kids, a boy and a girl. Your the, nuclear family. The first season started off hysterically. They It was almost like a British version of Everybody Loves Raymond, where the father's a doofus, but he's funny in his anger and his rage and his, you know, how the kids are frustrating him and he can't figure out why they think the way they do when he's just trying to get them to exercise common sense so for the the first six or seven episodes of season one i was really into it really loved it um and daisy haggard was really good as his girlfriend slash wife and then at the end of season one it took a turn It, it took a downturn it started to get really serious and i thought well hopefully season two will jump back into the whole dark humor type of thing. And unfortunately, season two turned out to be more of the same as it went with season, the end of season one. Um, It's really dark. It's, it's not funny. Martin Freeman's father is portrayed as a rageaholic. You know, he he just, Mm. they, they make him out to be, a stereo now in this day and age, a stereotypical angry white father who can't relate to his kids, and all he does is fly off the handle, and all he does is get mad, and and the mother's trying to deal with it, and for better or worse, sometimes yes, he is overly upset. Sometimes no, the writers go too far in blaming him and making him the villain. So that being said, his daughter really never gets involved in the storyline in season two. His son is the problem, and his son is an asshole! (laughs) His son, Luke, is an absolute assbag. And I am all with Martin Freeman's character in, in season two. He gets vilified. He gets made out to be the bad guy. He's trying to do the best. He, his, he keeps catching Luke lying, going out and trying to buy pot, doing stuff you should never let your kids do, and yet he still somehow, everybody around him tells him he's wrong. 
He's not PC enough. He doesn't understand. I would have done exactly the same things that he's done in season two. That being said, because of the fact he keeps getting made out to be the villain. And uh, there is some other stuff going on between him and his wife where she's wrong. And yet somehow we're supposed to say, oh, well, well, you got to understand why she did what she did. No, she was wrong. Typical garbage for the 21st century. Second season of Breeders gets two frenzies for me. Not recommended. All right. I will scratch that one off my watch list. Yeah, it didn't, didn't really get into the second season very much. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about CBS's reboot of MacGyver. After five seasons, they called it quits. We got the series finale. And they were leading up to this one throughout this whole last season. The whole nanobot escapade that the couple of the characters, including MacGyver, were infected with kind of run rampant on them trying to find a way to get them out of them. And lo and behold, it's a U.S. government conspiracy. The government funds the Phoenix Foundation's projects. I expected somebody to die. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. It was a cop-out on the way it ended. But the big takeaway, kids, never trust the government. <laughs> it, it's, it was okay what they did overall, but they got carried away way too much with some of their PC stuff. It, it wasn't overt like a lot of things are, but it was kind of lackluster. And the end of this one felt like just leaving the door open to be able to do a movie or something else down the line. Or go to Paramount Plus. Yeah, there <laughs> could be that too. So it was all right. I'll give it a two. Two frenzies. Yeah, well, you know how I feel. I have ranted and raved about CBS forever and ever and weeks upon weeks because they just don't seem to get the fact that at some point in time, you got to give us original stories with original characters. Now, they did, well, they were fairly original stories, but they would get on. Was he getting out of predicaments with gum and a paperclip? From time to time. <laughs> Well, yeah. actually, no. He went far and above with a lot of the different things okay. he did. And the time frame with which to do it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so, I but mean, I've told come you. on. In what? his kitchen, he made a freaking diamond to turn into an engagement ring. <laughs> so you like that? It was kind of lamish. <laughs> I mean, just some of the stuff they did. Uh, we've talked about the Equalizer, but, though, and, and Hawaii Five-0 and Magnum P.I. Just for the love of God, come up with new characters and new shows. I'm sorry. I, I Some of this stuff would have been D. 
decent. A lot of the storylines, and I can get into Magnum because I've been watching that this last season. Okay. And yeah, the characters are okay. I mean, with Higgins being the woman and his part, Magnum's partner in the investigations, that's kind of a nice little twist the way they play off of each other and work together on it. It's not horrible, but it would have been better off being a completely different series other than being called Magnum P.I. But of course they would never have gotten off the ground and gotten approved without it. Right. Yeah. No, it's the storylines on it. You could have the whole dynamic between everybody as a whole different show with different character names. Oh, and speaking of CBS, by the way, I made a mistake when we had our Sports Frenzy Monday meeting here a couple days ago. I told you that Evil, which I'm shocked. I thought you liked this more than I did. I I enjoyed it, but it was there were a couple things that, as we were talking, started to grate okay. a little bit. I did like Evil. I did really I like it. I do want to see the next. Yeah, but here's the problem. This is where I'm going to make my apology to you. Because it wasn't CBS. No, it. they renewed it. But like Clarice, it's going to Paramount+. Plus. Oh, come on! So Evil Season 2 will not be on CBS. It will be on Paramount+. Plus. So once again... So I am not going to be watching Season 2 because I am not paying for Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, once again, you're trying to fracture your TV audience, your streaming audience, and I'm telling you, at some point in time, CBS, NBC, HBO, you are going to get to the point where one or two of you are going to fail miserably and crash and burn. Yeah, that's it, it's just getting ridiculous, this crap that they're pulling. Now, unfortunately for me, one of my favorite shows of the past season is in limbo. Even though the season has pretty much officially ended, the TV season, all these, these shows are shortened because of COVID. You know, they couldn't get out and tape full seasons. So 13, se- 13 episodes of Debris on NBC came to a close this past Monday. Three and a half frenzies. This show was your X-Files fix is what this was. This was X-Files for the 21st century. I loved it. Couple quirky things, couple weird things that I wanted them to explain Wrapped up the other night, and I it's in limbo. Like I said, it's not renewed. It's not canceled. This could be going to Peacock Premium. God. You know, who knows? But uh, it was a battle between these two agents working for a, a, a conglomerate called Orbital, which was a U.S. and British intelligence agency. And they were fighting a terrorist organization called Influx, all trying to find pieces of debris from a spacecraft that had shattered and broken apart in the Earth's orbit. Now, here's the thing. They kept the PC craft to an absolute minimum, which I loved. Brilliant. So I didn't have to deal with that like you have to with 90% of these shows. 
Jonathan Tucker and Rayon Steele were the two agents, both very, very good. And I knew, I knew Jonathan Tucker from somewhere. I knew, I, I knew him from somewhere. I had to look it up today, writing up this review. He has been in Justified and he's been in Hannibal. So how, well, can, how can he not can be a badass? Wrong? And he, he is really good in the, the, as a lead agent. He is awesome. But now at the end of season one, they reveal there's something more going on with him. Ah. But of course, I don't know if we're ever going to find out. They did a really good job of setting up conspiracies and storylines and threads. There is a little bit of a goofy one at the end where there's a ball of light (laughs) (laughs) that kind of floats around and... You know, is that the alien presence that actually is attached? Yeah, well, to at all least the it's debris. not the silver ball floating around. What, like phantasm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the floating ball of death. And if you haven't seen Phantasm, go out and see Phantasm. One of the greatest horror movies of all time. But debris is really good. Like I said, three and a half frenzies. But again, I don't know if we're going to see any more episodes. But I do want to tie this into something you and I talked about a while ago, Dave. I bitched and pissed and moaned about Hulu. Because when I first signed up for Hulu, when they gave me a $3 a month promo, one of the main reasons I got it was because I was led to believe I would get every FX show, old and new. Right. And I got on there and I started watching one of our favorite shows of all times, Terriers. And they took it away. The bastards. Guess what they put back? They brought back Terry. Yeah, because I think they realized they <laughs> fucked up. They realized they fucked up and they brought back Terriers. So guess what I'm watching now? <laughs> Terriers. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Left or right. One of the greatest conundrums in television uh. history. Left or right. And if you do not understand it, and I don't expect you to. Watch the show. I get it. The Conquistador gets it left or right. I've also tried to watch. Uh, I might stick with it. I might not. Modoc just started on Hulu, a Marvel claymation series. For those of you who don't know, Modoc is one of Captain America's biggest foes. Yes, the floating head. <laughs> MODOK stands for Mental Mobile Mechanized Organism Designed Only for Killing. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome in and of itself. But Patton Oswalt voices <laughs> MODOK in this kind of, like I said, claymation series. It's so far, I've watched the first episode. It's kind of funny. So it's kind of like robot chicken meets Marvel. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah, it is. It is. So, Dave, I want you to tell the people about our favorite show that just started this week. Oh, baby. Mr. In-Between, that brilliant show from Australia, is back on FX, kids. Oh, fo- follow Ray. And his, his conundrum of being a loving, caring father and a vicious hitman. I mean, 
what more can you say about that? Yeah, we're, we're trying to hold off on – we're not going to do a review of the full season until obviously it's done, which will be a couple months in, probably mid to late summer. But The fir- first episode – First two. Well, yeah, the first two show you the parallel lives this guy has to live and how he kind of struggles to keep it together. And we have learned never call anyone champ. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're in prison in Australia, it will get your ass kicked. But there will be more coming with Mr. In Between because it is a four frenzy show. It is. It is. The first two seasons, four frenzies, both. And right now it's looking like season three is heading that way too. It's it's dark. It's raw. It's uncut. It's it's bloody and it's wrong and it's awesome. And it's well-written. That's the thing. Well-written and well-acted. Yep. All right. So going back to Hulu for a second, I did finish up Sasquatch, the three-episode documentary about – Bigfoot slash pot farmers. I give it two and a half frenzies. It, it It's misleading. It is misleading. So it's more about pot farming than Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think. Is Sasquatch I, I, what they call their. I think they were trying to rope you in with calling it Sasquatch in the first episode, referring to Bigfoot and going and talking to a couple of Bigfoot hunters, quote unquote. And then, of course, it comes into pot farming and in this area in Northern California where the, all they do is grow pot and kill each other and the Hell's Angels are in there. And so in and of itself, that's why I'm giving it a decent rating of two and a half is because in and of itself, it's not a terrible true crime documentary. It's only three episodes. So you're not wasting a ton of time. But that being said, it's still misleading okay it's not about sasquatch it's not about bigfoot it's about pot growers killing each other well there you go oh dave by the way did you know that the friends reunion is tomorrow night debuting may the 27th on hbo max how do you feel about that i heard something about that i might watch it at some point I have heard so far early reviews are terrible. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Especially James Corden is hosting. So <sighs> what are they going to do? Karaoke car with Jennifer Aniston? You know, if they wanted... If she takes her top off, I'll be there. If they I'm wanted to do a Friends... That would be HBO Max. <laughs> yes, it would. No, if you wanted to do a Friends reunion, don't do this talk show host bullshit stuff. Do an actual show of where they are now as the characters. Yeah. And of course, people are freaking out about Matthew Perry looking pretty rough here and talking pretty rough recently, you know, slurring his words. And so we'll see. Maybe we'll have a review next week. But now it's time for our moments of silence. Not a ton this week, but... um, We've got a couple. Yep. I will start off with Mark York of The Office. Um, Unfortunately, he was pretty much the same age as I am, 55. Um, And, of course, Steve Carell made fun of him 
in the office. Who as, didn't he make fun? As a disabled person. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that kind of humor, but. Couldn't do it know. today, kids. Nope. But we'll give him a moment of silence and then move on to Dave. Actor Samuel E. Wright, best known for being the voice of Sebastian the Crab in the whole Little Mermaid universe, from the movie to the TV show and all of that stuff, passed away. He was also a prominent character actor in a bunch of TV shows back through the 80s. Uh, even starred in, or not starred, but had a role in one of your favorites, Spencer for Hire. Oh! One of the greatest shows ever. Yep, so Simon and Simon, Cosby Show, did ABC After School specials, so. Persian thoughts to him and his family. And now we move on, as we always do, with a 180 to the dumbasses of the week. The morons of the world. In tribute Strike to again. the man who always called it outright, Red Foreman. Yep. I have to start out first with John Cena. John Cena, the wrestler, the actor to now. The children's book author. The John Cena had to backtrack after he, oh, misspoke, quote unquote, and called Taiwan a country in a press conference promoting the next Fast and Furious movie. Well, here's the problem. China, just like we've talked about in the past with the NBA, China has such a hold on our culture that John Cena had to put a, an apology on Twitter saying, I'm so, 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 so sorry that I called Taiwan a country. Why? Because China thinks they own Taiwan. So Taiwan is not a country to them. Anymore. And of course, Taiwan compared to China in terms of economics is nothing. So John Cena had to make sure, oh, oh F9, F9 can't, yeah, F9 can't be boycotted can't be protested in China. So he had to say, I'm so, 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 so sorry to China for actually calling Taiwan a country. You're a pussy. I don't care if you're 270 pounds and you're a professional wrestler. You're a pussy because you can't Stop stand up for yourself. Stop pandering. You could have at least couched it another way. But your people got to you and said, you got to do this. We kiss need to ass. Make the money. Kiss China's ass. We need their millions. Shame on you, John Cena. All right. My dumb ass is going into the music world. Megadeth co-founder and the bassist David Ellefson. Dude. Really? Sexual misconduct allegations. Grooming an underage girl online. Using social media. Videos. Instant messages. Come on! Seriously. Oh, she claimed she was overage. Dude, you're in your 50s. You should not be messing with an 18-year-old even. Come on! And especially in this day and age with everything going on, 
truly a fucking dumbass. And he's been fired from Megadeth. Yeah, they booted his ass out, and rightfully so. You uh, don't need that crap. All right, I'm going to wrap up the weekend edition here with one of my favorite targets, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, pothead idiot that he is, seems to think he's smarter than everybody else. So he came out and he said, I don't understand why these comedians are so upset about cancel culture because if you say something offensive, you deserve to be called out for it because I've never said anything offensive in my life. Check my Twitter account. So Seth Rogen is now the paragon of virtue for the free world. Seth Rogen has said, and it's a quote, he has never said anything on Twitter that he regrets. Dirty Randy. You lying sack of crap. Number one, I want my money back for This is the End because it was one of the worst movies I ever saw in my life. And you got vilified by Emma Watson over it for your conduct and comments. And I'm not a big James Franco fan, but I'll tell you what. I would never turn my back on the conquistador, my best friend. And you turned your back on him because of accusations that were made on him. Stand by your friends until the bitter goddamn end. You are a hack. You are a PC nothing. I hope cancel culture comes back and bites you in the ass. I don't like you. You take away Pineapple Express. You have put nothing out there that I give one rat's ass about. I was trying to get through this weekend, Dave, without <laughs> really getting mad, but I guess it didn't work. It never works. We, we may have to have a, a famous psychologist come and make a comment on that sometime in the future. Oh, God. I don't know who we'd get. I don't want Dr. Phil. You never know. Somebody sexual? Dr. Ruth? <laughs> Dr. Ruth? Oh, yeah, let's get Dr. Ruth on. That would that would be the perfect guest for Sports Frenzy. Dr. Ruth. Wow. I have listened to your episodes, and you have pent up semen in your testicles. <laughs> you need to do a release. You need to masturbate at least 14 times a day in order to stop yelling and screaming about Seth Rogen. You are the one who has the problem, maestro. Wow, that went downhill in a hurry. Finally, after all this taping, we finally got to the point we wanted. The bottom! <laughs> That's where we live. For the, the conquistador Dave Height. He's the maestro Kevin Crane. We love you, kids. Check us out all over Spotify, Google, Apple. We will check you out next week. We love you. Peace.